We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Banks it in for the lead. This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live Sunday night, June 11th. (laughs) Had to check the phone real quick. Sunday night, June 11th, as we are a week and a half away from the NBA draft. One game away from the end of the finals? I'm crazy, man. Book it. I think I saw that the cheapest ticket in Denver tomorrow night is like 1300 bucks. And that's from no like way. Upper, upper level. Somebody from Denver tweeted it out. It was wild. Anyways, I'm a crack sports. I'm your host <laughs> for the evening. I've got Justin with me tonight. Hello, everybody. Taylor's along for the ride. Doing better than John Morant and Zion Williamson this evening. And we've got Nick Crane. As am I. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, we are a week and a half away from NBA draft time. I am super, super excited. Um, speaking of the NBA draft programming note, we will podcast this coming Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Next Sunday, 9 p.m. The following Wednesday is June 21st, Draft Eve. Lay out your milk and cookies for Adam Silver and Adrian Wojnarowski and the Trade Machine. We will be live that night doing our final NBA draft predictions show. And then for the third straight year, I think it's third straight year, fourth straight year. I think God, where, does, where does time go, man? Really is crazy. No, I think it's three, because our first one was the Poku draft, yeah? Mm, yeah. Man. Oh, blur. So this will be, this, this will be number four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We will be live for the NBA draft right here on YouTube, Twitter, uh, Facebook, anywhere else we stream. We will start 30 minutes before the draft. We'll talk about all the rumors, all the slop coming out the day of the draft. And then once the first round starts, we are there with you the entire time, reacting to all the picks, all the trades, everything else. 
all the way up to the end of the first round. As we'll talk about in just a moment, Thunder don't really have any entertaining second round picks until you get way to the end to pick 50. So we'll probably kill the stream after the first round and go ahead and do our post-draft podcast after that. Uh, it's a great, great time. So if you haven't joined us before, I would encourage you to do so this year. We have a blast reacting to all this stuff live with you guys. Tons of people in the comments. We bring up all the comments, chat about everything. Just a really fun night where we're on the stream for like four hours. Uh, it's always a blast. So make plans to join us if you haven't ever before. Or if you have in the past, uh, you may remember Taylor, Justin, and I uh, turning off all notifications and trying to react to the 12th pick uh, blind. <laughs> yeah. And then we definitely got blindsided <laughs> by the Usman Jang trade. Uh, just a really fun night. So make sure to make plans and come and join us. With that being said, gentlemen, we got a trade. Trade. trade Sam season. Presti trading draft picks around draft time. A tradition unlike any other. <laughs> Unmatched. So th this trade came through Friday morning, which was very interesting because it's the day the Denver Nuggets were playing an NBA Finals game and their GM was making a trade. Uh, the details. Oklahoma City is sending away pick number 37 in this year's draft. They're trading a 2024 second round pick and the worst of their 2024 first round picks. They own their own pick, the Clippers pick, a Houston top four protected, and a Utah top 10 protected pick. Whichever of those four end up being lowest in the first round will go to Denver. In return, Oklahoma City gets a first-round draft pick in 2029 from the Denver Nuggets. It is reported that it is a protected first-round pick. However, we do not know the protections on that pick yet. Justin, initial reaction when you read this Woj tweet Friday morning uh, that just came completely out of the blue. My initial reaction was to double-check to make sure I was reading it properly uh to see the oklahoma city thunder in a woge bomb in early well, june a was, lot of details in that tweet too yeah it was it was very <laughs> detailed um slightly unexpected uh beyond that i think this is this is a no uh no flash move that makes a lot of sense very similar to, to moves presti has made in the past like you alluded to jacob around draft time pushing future draft assets around i think for denver it makes tons of sense, gives them more assets to work with in the near immediate future in this draft and next year's draft, allows them to continue to add to their team that is clearly doing pretty good right now. For the Thunder, I think it uh, kicks the can down the road, as I think we've seen everybody say. It also helps you know, consolidate some things. We've talked about how the Thunder can't use all the picks that they have, so this helps, helps get rid of some of those in in turn, getting a, an, an asset, a 2029 first round pick from the Nuggets that who knows? Who knows what the Nuggets look like in 2029? Uh, there's a lot of possibility that comes with that pick. So I think, you know, it's it's not super splashy, but I, it feels like one of those deals that just made a lot of sense for both sides. I, I think it makes sense for both sides. Denver especially. Um Taking the the bias Thunder hat off, I think it was a better move for Denver than OKC. I think it was an, a move OKC had to make 
it was a move that Denver made because they were able to capitalize on the situation of Oklahoma city kind of has to do this. Right. Um, I think what will likely happen is Denver tries to, to pair their second rounder with this second rounder in the 23 draft to move into the first round. They also get a first rounder next year. So I, I think big picture in a vacuum, Denver probably views this as if we can package 37 in the second we have to get in the first round, we get a first round next year. It's like trading a future first for two first potentially. Um, so it makes a ton of sense for them. Oklahoma city, the 29 pick could be really good. Like we're talking, what is that? Six years away. A lot happens in two years, let alone six years. Like it could end up being a pick that is a lottery pick. It could be, you know, a, a, the, the 18th pick, who knows? Um, I, I'm sure that Sam Presti tried making this deal with 50 instead of 37. I just have this like internal hiccup of, I know for a fact we're going to be sitting there on draft night in a couple weeks. We're going to get a pick 37. We're going to seize on the board. And we're going to say, damn, <laughs> not that Presti, Presti would, not him. that Presti would take the guy yeah. at 37 that we all want. Cause that never happens. There's always the guy that falls and you're like, Oh my gosh, the thunder are picking. And then he takes some guy that you never would have thought. Um, but that's going to be once, once we get over that hurdle and 37 is off the board and that player has been selected and we can move on past that. I think I'll be over this trade a bit, but I just think in this draft, especially like there's going to be a really good player at 37. That's my True. one like thing. I, I can't stop thinking about in this trade. I think you both have kind of nailed it in terms of the perspective of each team, why they would do this deal. Um, I came across this tweet over the weekend. This is Justin Case on Twitter. Uh, he has a very long name, and so I don't actually get to see his Twitter at. <laughs> but Justin Case is who tweeted this out. I believe he was uh, replying to a tweet about the trade. And uh, he said he did some research, checked out the 40 NBA Finals teams from the years of 1998 to 2017, and he looked up what draft pick that that team ended up with six years later to this point about what that why the Thunder would do this trade and, and what that pick may look like, to your point, Nick, six years later, uh, which was from 2004, 2023, when those picks would convey. Uh, 21 picks were top 14, 13 of those were top 10, and six of them top five. The average of all 40 is the 15th pick, um, is the 15.4th pick. So I guess 15.4, so basically the 15th pick. Um, anyways, I, I found that really good and interesting pers perspective I, it, because to your point, Nick, I read all that. I kind of took it in. Um, I even think we talked about this on the podcast a couple of different times over the past couple of weeks. So this could be a kind of move that the Thunder could, that Presti could do, try and consolidate those picks and kind of kick the can down the road a little bit rather than just consolidating picks to move up in a draft or to go and trade for a quote-unquote superstar player. Um, so it, it makes sense, but I also had the impression, like you did, Nick, the first impression, that this maybe was a lot just for a protected first round pick and so that's when jacob and i and i'll let jacob kind of take over here we kind of started talking about some of the protections what that could look like and you have to keep in mind the thunder also own the uh i believe a top five protected yep. pick in 2027 well one thing before jacob gets into protections um just let's let's think about a scenario here this is this is the pessimist in me <laughs> um there's a world no there's a world in which houston's top four protected pick like they could be they could have eighth or ninth best odds and land a top four pick, keep their pick. 
Utah, I'd be honestly surprised if Utah's good this year or good enough to convey the top 10 protected pick. There's a world in which the Clippers at the trade deadline say, Kawhi and PG, it ain't working. Let's trade one of these guys. And we're like, man, that Clippers pick could be good. That Clippers pick could be the worst, quote unquote, of the 24 picks if Houston and um, Utah don't convey. And all of a sudden, like we, we, we're in a situation where the Thunder, kind of like this year, actually, where it's like you could have two lottery or close to lottery picks. And all of a sudden, you've traded for a 2029 first. And the pick that Denver gets is like 17. And then Taylor's statistic of 15.4, you kind of just gave up. 37 in the second for, I mean, there's a billion ways this could go, but that scares me a little bit. The interesting thing is we have the initial woes reporting. This trade has not been made official. There's been no press release by the league or by either team, which means that this trade has not gone through the league office yet. I wonder if it doesn't go through until draft day. So we, I've been wondering about that, Nick. We don't know the specifics. There could be language in this that says Denver gets the least valuable of OKC's uh, four 2024 picks as long as three convey, or as long or as protect, all four convey. Protect the, the the worst of the picks as long as they're not top four. There's there's a bunch of language yeah. The, we don't know what the language of the trade will actually read. Uh, so it could be very, very interesting because, as Taylor mentioned, Denver owes OKC a 2027 top five protected pick. If Denver is top five in 2027, that pick that they owe OKC, they keep it and it rolls over to 2028. Well, league rules state that you cannot trade your first round pick in back to back years. So if they end up having to give OKC the 2028 pick, they can't trade OKC the 2029 pick. So then how does the language there start to line up, right? Did part of this deal include getting the 2027 pick unprotected? I don't think so. I think that'd be a pretty big like nugget of that trade, no pun intended. No pun intended. Uh, yeah. that, that Denver would have like disclosed a woes. Um, but it could read something like, once the 2027 pick conveys, then two years later, OKC gets the Nuggets pick. It also wouldn't surprise me if they roll this out until draft day, once the picks are made, because you can only trade a first-round pick out seven years. Right now, 2029 is out six years, so it could only roll over one year. Yep. If they wait till after the draft they could have language in the trade that says Denver has to trade their 2029 pick. And if it doesn't convey, it rolls to 2030. And if it doesn't convey, it rolls to 2031. Uh, So OKC could get more rolling protections on that. Um, A lot of little intricacies that go into this, which are pretty fascinating. There could even be language that says if the low 24 pick that Denver gets does land top X, then 27 loses protections or if it lands 20 yeah, plus we just, it, there's a bunch of stuff we have absolutely no clue yeah it could be, it could tied be into a bigger trade come 
draft uh, draft night if they one hundred percent. Yeah, um, like they could keep it open for draft night, and then OKC actually doesn't end up trading thirty seven to Denver. They trade it to somebody else as a package for Denver to move. Like, but I think we're burying the lead here. The Nuggets are still playing in the finals, <laughs> which means these players can't be included in, in the reported trade yet. So obviously, once the finals are over, Michael Porter Jr. to the Thunder. It's it's Sources. very interesting. Sources. <laughs> and I get Nick's fear of like, what if that pick ends up being good in that 2024 class? And then you get to 2029 and Denver is still competing for tile, titles and you get picked 28 or whatever. Like, it's a possibility. Um, I think back to the quote from the Presti um, op-ed in the Oklahoman stating that they will play the empirical odds. They're playing the odds here. What a quote. Right. And the way I've kind of thought about it, um, sometimes I have to like try to explain these trades to people who like aren't as balls deep in NBA CBA as I am. That was me and And to my dad this weekend. Yeah. Oh, Presty trading more picks again. The way I see it is like you're at dinner and you're at like some fancy restaurant and you are getting pretty full but you still have like half your entree and dessert coming up. And you're like, man, I'm not going to be able to eat the rest of this. Uh, Hey guy sitting across the table from me, I'll give you like the second half of this steak and you can have my dessert that's coming out. If I get your dessert next week, whenever we go out to dinner, right? I can't use it now. I can't finish this steak and this dessert now, but next week and next week, maybe we go to the, the five-star restaurant that Jacob could never afford and the dessert's 45 freaking dollars and now I'm cashing out. Or maybe it's just a $10 slice of cheesecake. This is why I don't go to dinner with Jacob. <laughs> I, I think that's the thing. way I've kind of tried to rationalize it though. You can't eat all of it now. So you make a deal to get something later down the line. Um, even if like say the Thunder end up giving... Denver the 19th pick in 2024 and OKC gets the 17th pick in 2029. I still think it's worth it because you are stringing your assets out farther and farther and farther, uh, which gives you more flexibility down the road. The the reality is I would, uh, it should be, a coin flip on is the 29 pick from Denver used or is it traded? Like it's probably like a real 50 50, but I would, if I was a betting man in Vegas, I would bet the 29 Denver pick is traded and not used. And so until 29 comes around, there's still that hypothetical value of the what if, mm-hmm. and I think Presti will probably trade that before we ever find out if Denver's competing in 29 or tanking in 29. Definitely. Yeah. Uh... The other thing I wanted to bring up about this trade before we move on. Taylor and I had an interesting conversation about this part of it. The wording says they are trading the least valuable of their 2024 firsts. It makes me wonder, how do you trade other 2024 firsts? You you cannot Hmm. now make a trade that says the Oklahoma City Thunder are trading Houston's 2024 first that they own because Houston's pick technically could end up as the worst so do you have to word all trades after this as 
the Thunder are trading the the best of the 2024 first or the second best the second. or the second worst. <laughs> it gets very interesting. Um, but the question I want to ask you guys, I think lots of Thunder fans are asking, does this mean that they're not going to make a move from 12 uh, to try to move up the draft board? Now, we have no clue. Presti always tries to move up, move down, stay put. Like All options are on the table. That how does this trade affect their ability to make subsequential moves going into the June 22nd draft? There's no correlation to the two. Like we're talking about, we're so in this bubble of 2024 talking about 2024 implications. We're not talking about the other dozen or more first rounders that he has. Like if he wants to move up, this trade has zero consequence one way or the other. Agree completely. There's so many additional assets that he can use that, that are at his disposal to be able to. I mean, like you said, Jacob, so many different opportunities, and all depend. It depends on how the draft falls on draft night as we're getting closer and closer to next said pick. But um, yeah, no, Presti has limitless opportunities. It feels like to be able to still trade up in this draft, um, and even I, I've been thinking about this as well. I mean, I get it. I've been preaching about this recently more than anybody about the quote unquote roster crunch, um, how it's filled with young guys that the team's actually invested in one through 15. In addition to your two way guys who are also pretty valuable and this team's invested in. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to bring in a lot of new players in this upcoming draft, upcoming rookies. But I mean, he has enough ammunition still to still be able to keep pick 12 just like last year and also still trade up in the draft. So again, just back to Nick's point, I don't think there's any correlation at all. I agree. I think there, there's plenty available at Presti's fingertips but to be able to go acquire whatever he has his eyes set on. Now, now whether other teams bite is a different story, but I think he's got more than enough assets to, to make a healthy offer, that's for sure. Before we move on, speaking of the trade-up scenario, can I like Alex Jones, this thing and put on my tinfoil cap and just go balls deep for a second. <laughs> it's too many metaphors, but yes. I'm sorry. Whoa. Okay. I've been thinking more and more about the trade up scenarios. And I just keep thinking about the Washington wizards. Yeah. At, at pick eight a lot. Let me tell you, like, I think a lot of our listeners probably know why, but maybe some people are listening that that don't have all the dots connected that I'm thinking of. Washington hired a new president of like, he's like president of the wizards and the mystics uh, and the, are, are they called the go-go's their G league yeah, team? The G league. Uh, Michael winger, who was previously with the Clippers before that with Sam Presti, no KC. Michael winger then had to hire a general manager specifically for the Washington wizards. Uh, he hired Will Dawkins who has been with OKC for 15 years uh, and his most recent job title with the Thunder was like assistant vice president, basically Sam Presti's right-hand man. So Will Dawkins knows how, knows how Presti operates. Michael Winger knows how Presti operates. That's the first dots to connect. The next set of dots to connect, Washington owes a protected first-round pick that I think is now with the Knicks or somebody. It's been traded around a few times. But just like we talked with the Denver pick, since it's protected, they cannot trade another first-round pick. Technically, 
until 2028. They've kind of hamstrung themselves to like have any assets to move moving forward. And that is a team that just hired a president and a GM who have a background of tearing things down and rebuilding with draft capital. They don't have any draft capital. The Thunder, who are four spots behind Washington in this draft, have a ton of draft capital, as we've just talked about. Hey, Michael Winger and and Will Dawkins, you want to restock the coffers? Get some assets moving forward? Why don't you slide back four spots in the draft? And then lastly, Adrian Wojnarowski dropped a podcast late last week. I want to say it was like on Thursday, um, which was an interview with Michael Winger in which uh, Presti asked him, he said, what was it like making the Paul George trade with your former boss, Sam Presti? I'm sure that had to have been like a difficult thing to navigate. And Winger said, no, actually, it was a really easy trade to make because he knew what we wanted. We knew that he was going to ask for everything. We knew he also wasn't trying to shop Paul George elsewhere. We both had something the other side wanted. And it was just a matter of hammering out the details. And it was actually pretty easy. Which was very interesting to me when we're a week and a half away from the draft and Michael Winger has openly said they're considering all possibilities, including a rebuild. You know, um, sign and trading Kyle Kuzma, sign and trading Chris Stapps Porzingis, maybe moving off Bradley Beal. The Bradley Beal, the OKC rumors live. There we go. We are back. Just a, a ton of dots that I've kind of connected. Now, the odds of OKC actually making a trade with Washington on draft night are very, very slim. But there's just enough smoke there that you've got to think they've been discussing something, feeling each other out, seeing what's out there. And obviously it would depend on who's available at eight as well. If a guy that the Thunder are in love with is there at eight, that's a spot they could trade up to. Because I don't think you can get to nine. And I don't think you can get to six or seven. I don't think Indiana... Orlando or Utah are moving off those picks. Agreed. I think your best bets are 10, 8, and 5 to move up in this draft. To, to piggyback on the Dawkins connection and what could be, um, as you can imagine, the right-hand man of Sam Presti is very involved in draft and scouting and who's picked. Um, a year ago, post-draft, 2022 draft, Will Dawkins actually joined Sam Presti for the media availability after the draft and talked to the media and, and gave his thoughts on some of the picks and the thought process. So um, if anybody on planet earth <laughs> knows how Sam Presti operates around draft season, it is the man that's now in Washington. Yeah. Well, and I've had work? some people, I've had some people say to me like, well, Sam probably knew that this Will Dawkins thing was eventually going to go through. And so probably like, had will not part of some of this draft prep stuff. That's what I was about. 20, to ask, 2023 is... draft prep started two years ago. Right. Longer than that. You know, right. they Will Dawkins knows who Sam Presti likes and who Sam Presti doesn't like. Unrelated to draft stuff, he knows which assets of those future picks uh Presti thinks are incredibly high value and he doesn't want to to trade and which ones he doesn't and I mean, I'm sure Will Dawkins is a very ethical person who wouldn't want to use that information, but you can't unknow something. Right. Well, I can even see him doing it. I mean, again, 
of all the people in the league that you want to still hold, uh, have them hold you in high, high regard. And uh, you can kind of, it would be an asset to have as an ally in this league, Sam Presti. So I could even see him reaching out to Sam saying, hey, look, we're at pick eight. We got a guy we're kind of targeting, but think we can get a couple spots back. And we know that you value this player. You know, what do you think? And, and, and I understand you probably already don't, you know, the framework's all, already almost in place. Like you were saying, Jacob, I know you wouldn't part with these picks, but I know you probably are more willing to part with these picks. What do you think about this package? And that's, it's, it's almost easier to work a trade like that compared to somebody like a, a GM you're less familiar with. Teams trade with teams that they're familiar with. And on that topic, Taylor, I don't know this. Like, I've never been anywhere close to an NBA front office. But just the way my I brain have, works. I work uh, right across the street. And so I just walk down there sometimes and just hang out outside. and Just shoot the shit with Sam. <laughs> I would think you're not negotiating a trade with five minutes on the draft timer. Right. The Thunder have the framework for a trade to five, a trade to eight, a trade to ten on the board. And so when pick eight pops up and Indiana didn't take who the Thunder wanted at seven, it's probably Jairus Walker. Um, you pick up the phone and you call and you say, hey, can we push that trade through? You've probably got all the shit written down and ready to go through and send to the league office because you're not negotiating with five minutes on the clock. Nobody is doing that. The trade frameworks are being built like today. June, what did I say it was? June 11th. That's when the trade frameworks are being built. So I know kind of interesting whenever the thunder trade for the pick number eight in the draft, you guys can all come back and thank me. <laughs> we'll pull this audio. And then whenever they don't trade for pick eight, um, we'll I'm sure pull this audio. People are going to be on Twitter.com. <laughs> we need the, uh, it's always sunny gif uh, slash meme of like him connecting all the dots and like Jacob's face on there. I need Silva when he's back from his margarita adventure to pull the clip of Taylor saying, what do you think of this package? (laughs) I completely missed that. I'm I'm sure that was one of those Zion Snapchats. Um, All right. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we are passing the reins of the podcast over to Nick Crane as we are going to build the uncontested draft big board coming up for the draft, which is in like 10 days, 11 days. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we are back. I am handing the reins over to Nick Crane. I did this once before and it went very well. Uh, so Nick, let's see if you can go two for two. Was the first time small sample size? Not enough to judge. We will find we'll out. Find- we will find, find out. out. Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. Oh my gosh. All right. So I'm going to share my screen. Got a little spreadsheet here. Um, Jacob and I talked earlier awesome. today. What if is you're, happening if you are, in if this you, spreadsheet? <laughs> if you incredible. do not watch us on the live stream or go back and watch the YouTube video, <laughs> I would just highly suggest you do so because Nick has got some wild shit on my screen right now. <laughs> This is our uh, uncontested big board in progress, okay? I thought I th- Justin was the shit poster of the pod, and then Nick Crane entered the chat. <laughs> this is incredible. The um, Poku draft night picture yes. is doing wonders. <laughs> hey, speaking paper. of, you got to recreate that, Justin. I thought I won that. <sighs> no, you lost it. Because we were talking oh. about you and the fam uh-huh, recreating uh-huh, the picture. Uh-huh. Hmm. I chose to believe otherwise. Anyways, so... Wanted to build the uncontested big board with, what, 10, 11 days left until the draft. But I figured it'd be really boring if we just like talked back and forth on who do you like here? Who do you like here? And, and do that whole exercise. So I'm going to explain what we're going to do in a second. It is not the most, the most orthodox way of building a big board. And it's going to be a little weird. But we'll make tweaks at the end. And I think we'll come up with something that we all agree upon. So... As you can see on the screen with Adam Silver here, we've got stonks. So this is going to be one of those exercises you see on Twitter, kind of like the the build your teams. You got five bucks, build your team. But what we're going to do is for each of these groups here, so we got four groups of four players. I've tried to divvy up the groups into which there's different positions in every group. You have one hundred dollars per group, and this is not this is not one of those like buy low sell high this is just like as of today if you had 100 dollars to say i want this guy a lot or i want this guy not very much you allocate 100 dollars to the four players in each group we're going to put those values in the left side once we're done we'll see what our board looks like and we'll make you know those those minute tweaks afterwards maybe there's a guy or maybe there's two guys you really like in a group so you have to allocate your dollars more evenly He's lower on the board and we can push him up, but this will be our starting point. Does that all make sense? I was told there would be no math. <laughs> it does the math for you. <laughs> it does the math for you. So, Nick is very good at these spreadsheets and formulas. So uh, group number one, okay? We've got Anthony Black, Leonard Miller, Derek Whitehead, and Jet Howard. It is up to the three of you to determine for your $100 for this group based on who you like. Again, this is not a buy, buy low, sell high. This is none of that. Who do you like and where do you want to allocate your dollars for these four players? Okay, and we're doing this. Is this specifically like uncontested or is this 
we're trying to predict like what the thunder would look at. This is what you want for the thunder oh. to do. Okay. So uncontested big board for the thunder specifically at 12, assuming they stand right there and, and, and assuming all these guys would be available. Gotcha. One hundred dollars. Looking at each other like he's no, gonna okay. go first. So Anthony Black, Jet Howard, Derek Whitehead, and who's the last one here? Leonard Miller. Leonard Miller. Okay. Um, really random thought, but um, um, Derek Whitehead. I just get Rodney Hood vibes from him. Ooh, that's actually a good one. I like that. Yeah, it might just not, be, it might just be the Duke connection, but I just get Rodney well, Hood I've, vibes. I've been thinking about yeah. Duke prospects as well. Like AJ Griffin could be best case scenario. Um, gosh, and I had another one here. Um, the, oh, uh, Cam Reddish situation kind of, I don't want to say worst case scenario. It's not like he's necessarily flamed out, but could also be an outcome there. Um, so yeah. I've been thinking about Duke players also for during when, when I think about this activity, Justin and Taylor, I have a hard time separating what I want versus <laughs> what the thunder lean towards, Yeah, which is. Positional size, versatility, um, smart players, playmakers, um, guys that can get into the paint, guys who uh, who can get downhill. They haven't really valued shooting a whole bunch. I would assume that the Thunder's philosophy is we have a much better chance of getting high IQ, ball moving, can, can play with a rhythm players, and then t- teach them to shoot. The Yeah, and teach them to shoot versus getting shooters and teach them the IQ aspect of the game. Agreed completely. I think that's kind of what they think. Um, So when I think of this group that we have, group one, I mainly think about Anthony Black and Leonard Miller. Uh, The other two are lower for me. Agreed 100%. One thing you mentioned to me over the weekend, Jacob, um, kind of another aspect of that that we haven't really talked a lot about, but is absolutely present in these players that the Thunder are drafting is pressure, being able to get to the rim, uh, apply pressure <laughs> um, when driving to the rim and being able to kind of create that shot around the rim. Um, I don't know. I know we've talked a lot about Leonard Miller, potentially how he would fit He, he fits a potential like positional fits that they need. Right, right. And also has some of those qualities that you just uh, rattled off. Then that's a pick 12. And what we're doing in this exercise that Nick put together here that I really like is we're looking at this as a group. I would value Anthony Black in this group. Well, I'm with you, first of all, Jacob. Um, And and Justin, I think you probably agree. Anthony Black and Leonard Miller stand out the most to me in this group. But I would value Anthony Black even quite a bit more than Leonard Miller. A lot of the reasons we already have talked about on this podcast, but extremely high IQ player can push the ball in transition, uh, has a lot of size, obviously can rip a rebound off the the rim and drive air and create and transition. Not the best shooter, uh, even not the best around the rim necessarily, but has a really nice floater and still able to get a shot. And just one thing that kind of separates him from the Josh Giddies, even the J-Dubs, for example, incredible point of attack defender and a really solid defender i think uh, over like long term one through four potentially so for all those different reasons i think i'd be willing to go as high as like 70 dollars for anthony black here wow. maybe like 20 leonard miller and then five and five for whitehead and howard just because i don't i, I like whitehead and his long-term upside not so much for the thunder um and i really think anthony black would just 
fit in seamlessly with what the Thunder are building. Nick, correct me if I'm wrong. Was Anthony Black like a four-star wide receiver in high school? He played football all the way up until I think it was like his sophomore or junior year of, of high school. I think he I could, saw that he could have been he was like I, a four-star kid. I did not know that. But and that I know he played soccer me. as well. Um Justin, I mentioned what you think here. The 70 25 is a little rich a little for me. Spicy. Same. I might be 50 30 10 10. 50 30 15 5. Putting Jet Howard at five. I I could buy that. I I, I agree. I, I I would not put 70 on Anthony Black. It seems a bit high to me. Taylor's a high roller. I'm not as <laughs> I'm not as aggressive. And I like black. Um, now, granted, we have a hundred for each yeah. group, right, Nick? That's yep, what you were yep. saying. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's why I went I, as high as I did on black. I really like him. Yeah, I I don't know. It it, se- it seems like a lot of a lot of eggs in that basket. I'm not totally sold on black like Taylor is. Like I th- I think there's a lot of good stuff there. I um I'd just be curious to see this may sound weird, like, because I think he's incredibly talented, but like his fit with the backcourt that the thunder have with, you know, this is where it sounds weird is like starting to talk about like mouths to feed, like where this team is at. Like, I think that's somewhat irrelevant, but I do think it it would come into play with a guy like Anthony black. I think that's fair of, of how he would integrate into the, the pieces the thunder already have. Would you get psyched to take him in this draft? Like, absolutely. I think you'd feel great about it. If the thunder walked away at the, I think a closing lineup of Shea, Giddy, Dub, Black, and Chet is just Stupid. arms everywhere. <laughs> and actually Stupid. like really fun. Yeah. Um I also That's... think about the fact that they have Chip England on the roster. Yep. If you can get Anthony Black or Leonard Miller to shoot it at like a 36% clip on like three or four attempts a game, I mean you're 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 it's a big with, if. You're cooking with gas at that point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is a big if, but yeah. I would bet on Chip England versus nearly almost any other True. coaching staff in the league. Yep. Two. Yep. His shot yep. doesn't look awful. I mean, that's the thing. It's compared to some of these other prospects. And um, the thing is, like, Leonard Miller's shot looks ugly. It, but yeah. Leonard Miller also played with an NBA three-point line. Yeah. True. The rest of these guys yeah. played with a shorter one. That's a good point. Now, what does Anthony Black look like with NBA spacing, though? Right, like on the other side of that conundrum. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting to think. And about I think he's sure. very smart. He can cut. He can be like a connective piece. You guys have sold me though a little bit on maybe I'm undervaluing Leonard uh, as high as I am on Anthony. Leonard's Black. huge, dude. He's yep. huge. That's a good point. He's a really good and finisher. The NBA, um, NBA like uh, experience that he already has, being in an NBA again like um, system already. <laughs> I, I think that's a fair point. Um, Six nine with a seven two wingspan's got thunder written all that over. Was, that was six nine without shoes. Right. right. Crazy. So what are we going? Final Another answer here. Footer. What did you say, Jacob? Mine was 50, 30, 15, and five. I think I, I second that. Does that math right. add up? <laughs> yes. Okay. It does. Sure does. Sure does. All right. Moving on to group number two. We have Grady Dick, Kaysen Wallace, Noah Clowney, and Bryce Sensabaugh. Interesting. This is a fun group. Um, same thing. The top two I'm way higher on mm-hmm. than the bottom two. Um, 
I know Thunder Nation loves Grady Dick, and I can see the reasons why, and the fit makes sense to me. But the guy I'm spending the most money on in this group is is Kaysen. Agreed. Also agreed. I think he obviously presents the highest upside. Um, I know he's a little short, but he does have a solid wingspan. And the thing is, it's just the way he plays. I'm both in and he can shoot it. I think. Yeah. And he can shoot right. Yeah, he can shoot it. On top of everything else, still has a lot of those qualities that we talked about in terms of. We didn't see a ton of playmaking necessarily, but he did take over as the lead point guard for that um, Kentucky team down the stretch when they were battling injuries. He definitely has that ability. And again, I think a player who would really benefit from NBA spacing in regards to both playmaking and his uh, his opportunities with catch and shoot. And uh, I don't know. And that combined with the defensive ability, I think is really exciting. So I'm with you. I'd put Kaysen above Grady. I agree. I I, I do. Two dollars of a tip. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these comments are unhinged. Um, yeah, I agree. Same thing here. Grady Dick and Casey Wallace, I think, are are definitely the the higher prospects. I've shared my un uh, unfounded hatred of Grady Dick, um, so I'm not willing to to give up too much, even while acknowledging like he's probably a pretty good fit. Um, Clowny and Sensabaugh, like Sensabaugh just doesn't feel thundery to me, and I don't see the fit. Yeah. And I don't I, know much about Noah Clowney, but I know he's a bit more of a like a modern style big. Big slash forward. We have a modern style big slash forward at home. <laughs> so a lot of them. <laughs> Clowney is interesting. Like I it totally a guy that if if and I, I'm not even sure he would even fall this far far necessarily um, but if the thunder still had that 37 pick would be a guy to be very interested in there i think uh he has a lot of untapped offensive upside that he wasn't really able to show at bama and um mm-hmm. and a really good defense prospect but again like pretty big gap between him wallace and, and grady dick uh bryce sensible i just haven't been high on this entire process i understand he can shoot I just uh, I, maybe and, and again, like you mentioned at the top of this, Jacob, maybe it's the Thunder bias in me. Not very high on him. So, well, so when we're speaking of spending our hundred dollars here, Kaysen doesn't get as much as Anthony Black, I don't think. But yeah. does it get more than Leonard Miller? I, me, it's a yes. I agree. Although I agree. it might only be five or ten bucks. Yeah. No. I think I, I, I think Kaysen gets like ten. thirty-five or forty. You want to do forty on Kaysen? Yeah. 40. I was thinking like 40 case and 30, maybe 25 for Dick. I was thinking 32 or 30 as well. 32. <laughs> don't, don't bring 32. 32. Yeah, that's 32. 32. 50 cents. Uh, <laughs> I can't do that kind of math. <laughs> factor in tax. Is inflation t- uh, factored in here, Nick? <laughs> inflation. Uh, don't forget tax. Dick. Don't forget tax. Uh, 30 as you know, well. 36, 25, maybe 26. <laughs> I mean, do we do 40, 30, 20, 10? I actually like that. I like that a lot. Sure. That sounds pretty fair. There it is. But then that puts Noah Clowney more money than Derek White. I don't know if I like that. I don't like that either. Hey, this is is in a vacuum. We're going group by group. (laughs) We can make those tweaks after. That'll be exercise too. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. This is a tough group. This is a hard group here. You've got Taylor Hendricks, Jordan Hawkins, Ryan Rupert, and Nick Smith Jr. All guys that are legit lottery talents. You guys think this is a difficult one? My initial reaction was, in that order, Taylor, 
and then Jordan Ryan, 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 Ryan. and then Nick Smith was 8555. Whoa. Wow. Ooh. Whoa. Okay. So, okay. thank God Jarrett Walker went on here. Jacob would give out $400 and quit the game. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely have Taylor at the top of this list. I'm still very high on Taylor. I think it was Mavs draft. Um, I want to make sure I have that correctly. Who tweeted out? It's kind of a little high, highlight reel and something I've thought a lot about with Hendricks this past season is he's been knocked for his playmaking. I don't think he's necessarily a great playmaker, but he is a good connector. Um, I think his passing is a little undervalued. I mean, he presents, we, we've talked a lot about the shot blocking, the three-point shooting, the stretch big. Um, Hendricks is obviously at the top of this group for me. I agree with Hawkins next, can move extremely well off ball. And again, this is a very high comparison, which this the comp I'm about to throw out is the reason that a lot of people hate player comps. But I get Clay Thompson vibes in the sense of how he's able to move off ball and and almost always finds his balance to be able to get off his shot. They have Jordan really Hawkins at home. Yeah. <laughs> and Isaiah Joe. Okay, that's actually a really realistic player comp in Isaiah Joe. I like that. I would pit Nick Smith Jr. over Ryan Repair. Agreed. Because I think he has a lot of untapped potential. Also, there's some weird stuff going on there about him potentially getting shut down with Arkansas. I would not base his evaluation solely off of his Arkansas season is what I would say. Regardless, I am fine with giving Taylor Hendricks a majority of the the money here in this group. What do you guys think in terms of the split? Uh, I already gave you my opinion. <laughs> for, for the same reason, uh, well, maybe not the same reason as the first group because I think I like Taylor Hendricks more than Anthony Black. But I'm I'm oh, see, that, that's close with me. Like that yeah. is close with me too. Yeah. I, Two very different players. Very different. Yeah. Totally. But again, this is this is the allocation for this group. Don't think yeah, back yeah, about yeah, what yeah, you yeah, gave but, Anthony. So anyway, for the same reason as the first group, I'm hesitant to go like all in on a guy here unless he was somebody like Jairus Walker. Yep. Um what did we do for the first group? Can you scroll up? Did we do 60, 50, 50, 50, 50 30, 15, and five? I'd be I'd be willing to go 60 on Hendrix. Ooh. I'm cool with that. Like I'd go yeah. 60 Hendrix. 30 Hawkins? No. Too high. <laughs> no. Yeah, 20, no. Way too high. <laughs> no. Like 20 10 10? That I was yes. Uh that's exactly. <laughs> 20 no well no 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 put, put, put them in and then we can we can we can play with it put that 10 in and then we can we can move some stuff around a little bit um no and congratulations we all just became accountants ryan <laughs> repair is like one tabocephalosha <laughs> i think like nick smith jr is i don't know swaggy p Jake's such a hater in this group. <laughs> Actually, so I, I just I don't see the fit with those three. Um, no, I, I agree with that. If Completely. Jordan Hawkins gets to the league and like the shot just doesn't fall, what do you have? Yeah, a, a, a filled roster spot. <laughs> you know, and like I, I'm like legitimately like I'm not trying to be shitty to the guy. Like I'm sure he's a great kid. I just I don't see what else transfers except the jump shot. And if the jump shot, but that... doesn't transfer. You're in trouble. But that's like saying if 
Wimby comes to the league and his legs fall off, then you just <laughs> have wasted a pick. It's a fair point. Uh, it, it is a very trying. I, just, yes, I don't think straight. Jordan Hawkins is rounded. That's no, I fair. agree. Besides no, I shooting, agree. he he doesn't have the defense. He doesn't have he very the, well the, the playmaking. He runs. He right. gets cardio in. <laughs> <laughs> You're undervaluing him to an extent. Tony Sloan, but I, I I do understand. Like again, if we're thinking about this Thunder specific, I would agree with you for sure. Um, Hendricks by far. Uh, in fact, if, if we're doing that, I would even bump Rupert up, uh, probably at the same level as Hawkins. If we're talking about Thunder mm. specific, but no, see, I think Rupert is Usman Jang, but five inches shorter. Shooting. <laughs> I. This is not my game. But Hawkins would be my lowest in this group. Ooh, interesting. That's almost where I'm at. I for me, it's almost. I, no, not almost. I think for me, it is Taylor Hendricks, Nick Smith Jr., maybe Jordan Repair, Hawkins, then Rain Repair. Okay. So maybe it's sixty, ten, five, fifteen. I'm not against that. Yeah, you like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, good stuff. I, yeah. Got a quick quick glimpse of Poku here before we go up to group four. <laughs> With the COVID mask, like three of them, four oh of them. All righty. Yeah. Group four. We got Koulibaly, Lively, Buffkin, and George. Can I kick us off here real quick? Go ahead. I mentioned this on the podcast with Spins. The more I watch Bilal Koulibaly, the more Andre Robertson I see. Whoa. The kid's a freak athlete. Yeah. He's super young. So maybe he's got a little more juice than Andre, like athletically. But everything, I and I'm not a draft expert. I like listen to smart people talk about the draft and then try to form some opinions off of that. Koulibaly, like hasn't shot the ball great with Mets 92. It's been like a bit of a small sample size. Um, can get to the rim, but like all the passes are like pre-programmed reads. It almost reminds me like Serge Ibaka esque where it's like he would catch the ball and it was like, you do this thing. And if that's not there, then you shoot. And if that's not there, then <laughs> like you a, do this thing. And he's got to like, like a flow the, chart. Yeah. The, the, the computer program is in there and it's like, cannot execute, cannot execute, <laughs> cannot execute. And then you move on to like the bottom thing. The idea of playing rhythms, not pattern. Koulibaly is anti that mm. to me. He seems like a very pattern typed player. So he would probably be third in this list for me. Oh, wow. That's I, would put I, I would put Lively and Buffkin above him. I might go yeah. Lively, Buffkin, Koulibaly. Did you say Lively is your first guy? I'm Buffkin and Lively are going to be at the top. I don't know what order I'm going to put them in yet. And, and then, then Koulibaly and then Keontae George. Are you a Lively lad? Is that what you are? <laughs> lively lad. I, I've been a little, <laughs> a little, uh, Buffkin boy and Lively lad. I've, I've been kind of bought in on Derek Lively. Like I, I, I can see I the vision. I had a long convo with my with my brother in law over the weekend about Derek Lively, and I think he he warmed me up to him. Oh, oh guys, boy. two weeks ago you wouldn't even think about it. <laughs> Probably but not. the pro day. No, I, um, I agree. The lob threat 
that he could bring to this team in addition to Chet could be a lot of fun. The thing is, if they believe he can shoot it. Right. Yeah. If they think he can shoot it, that's gross. <laughs> because he can like make some short Profane. roll reads. He can his catch radius is like massive. Yes. I mean, with him and Chet, it's just even Giddy I, could throw lobs. Too. Yeah, I don't care that Giddy can't throw a lob. Just sling that thing up there and somebody's coming down with it. Yes. I think this is the hardest group, this four. I've kind of felt I that agree. way too. Um I totally agree. I've really fallen on Keontae George in this process. I worry about his processing. Um I find it interesting that he played so heavy this year in college. Like, especially at his size in terms of height and length. Not a player that I thought would be particularly heavy and then comes in and gets in great shape for these these draft workouts. Um, like, look, if Keontae George goes to the Miami Heat, perfect fit. But, like, going to a team like the Thunder, specifically, I know, again, like I argued in the, the group before this, that this isn't a Thunder-specific exercise necessarily. I don't know. I'm pretty low on Keontae George, though. Um Cool, Bali. I've gotten some, and again, this is for a different podcast here over the next week or so. There's almost some like young Russell Westbrook, pre-NBA Whoa. Russell Westbrook to his Jacob game. calls him Andre Robertson and Taylor calls him <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Well, in terms of that, again, think about the processing though. I think that's pretty fair when you think about Andre Robertson and Russell Westbrook in terms of processing the game. The raw athleticism wow. and explosion. Um, he's not nearly as explosive as Russ, but the way they play the game, headstrong. He just struggles with contact. I've been a little disappointed, like watching his last two games. Anyways, I'm I'll give it to Koulibaly. Cool he does have that dog. Buffkin's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, no, he's not afraid. He isn't back down. And I think there is something to be said about him playing against this competition and how rapidly he has improved in a short period. Uh, but Buffkin's really my guy, I think, in this this group, just because I think he does process the game at a high level, has a great shot. Um, I started watching Michigan early in the college season because of Howard and it was Buffkin. I came away the most impressed with, and that just continued throughout the majority of the season for a multitude of reasons. I think he could be a solid defender one through potentially three. And um, I don't know. I'm a pretty big fan of Kobe Buffkin. I put him one. I think I'm with you all. Derek Lively two. uh cool Bali three, but I think it's probably pretty close with Lively. And then George would be my opinion. I'm curious what you guys think, and we can put some values on these. Here, here was my numbers. If we, if you guys are okay with it, let's plug in these numbers, and then we can rearrange a little bit as yep. we see fit. I was going to put Lively 30, Buffkin 30. Um, that's, oh, wait, my 60. math is off. 40-40. Go 40 Speaking of math, we need to readjust our uh, group above, because that does not equal 100. <laughs> Oh Jesus Christ! You're right. <laughs> we'll that Jacob, that Jacob picked that one too. I think forty yeah. forty. Uh, Koulibaly twelve. The man Keontae teaches eight. history. Okay, let's give him a break. Twelve and I don't eight? teach anything now, buddy. Yeah, that's, oh that's a good point. So that one above. We're off by ten. We we need ten more. We dollars. need ten more. Give it um, give it to Taylor. You would <laughs> just put put ten more in Taylor Hendricks, and we're good. I actually like the idea of giving. I I'm, I'm cool with this. Um, Keontae deserves a little more than five. I get that. Cool Bully deserves a little more than ten. I get that. And we're we're pretty torn on Lively and Buffkin. I think I'm cool with this. Oh, oh. wow! What? All right. 
let's see where we're at. We're going to grab these. We will sort by value. Look at the Excel master at Descending. work. Oh, yeah, the easiest. <laughs> Color coding and everything. Color coding. Uh, Good. It's conditional formatting. So we have <laughs> our initial board that can be tweaked because this is all in a vacuum in different groups. As you guys see this now, and I'll read it for the folks in the podcast. Our order for this group of 16 players is one, Taylor Hendricks, followed by Anthony Black, Kaysen Wallace, Derek Lively, Kobe Bufkin, Leonard Miller, Grady Dick, Noah Clowney, Dariq Whitehead, Nick Smith Jr., Bilal Koulibaly, Bryce Sensabaugh, Jordan Hawkins, Keontae George, Jet Howard, and Ryan Repair. Anything we want to change now that we have the fine-tooth comb to make these small adjustments? This is pretty close. Yeah, I was going to say it turned out a lot closer than I thought it would. I definitely, though, again, I'm not like completely against Noah Clowney, but I still, in my personal board, have guys like Whitehead, uh, NSJ, Koulibaly, all above um, Noah Clowney. I'm cool with him being above Sensabaugh. Still would have Hawkins above him. Still would have George above him. Honestly, still would have Jet Howard above him. Um, so Noah Clowney is one I think we should we should mess with a little bit. We should push down. Are you guys okay with Taylor Hendricks being number one? I am. I, I Yeah. Honestly, I would like to see, like for me, I think Hendricks and Black are probably pretty even. So the 20, if we're looking at value, the 20 uh, variance between the two is a little much for me. But I'm totally cool with him being above Black um, for consensus. I, I don't Say know. It. So like, go ahead. T- Taylor Hendricks, on paper, philosophically, fits this team like a freaking glove can space the floor, can shoot threes, can be a weak side shot blocker, can can defend in space a little bit. Um, isn't really a playmaker because he's a play finisher. He's got a nice like catch radius, can, can get lobs, can get up and dunk the ball. I just feel like what the Thunder are trying to build, that Anthony Black and Kaysen Wallace fit that a little bit cleaner even though they're smaller and they don't fit a position of need. Hmm. Agreed. If, if this guy was available, <laughs> Hey, look at Nick. Would that, would that be your number one regardless? Yes. The, 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 this guy is Nick just made the entire spreadsheet. Jairus Walker. Um, it's command. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm allotting 120 bucks to Jairus. Okay. Yeah. Back to I, reality. I would have a number one. That's in this. not allowed. Yeah. So you guys say Taylor Hendricks was our highest allotted value, but from a Thunder standpoint and how these players for the team, you might have him third. I might put Anthony Black above him and make Hendricks and Wallace like even tied. I'm cool with that. I was I would have Black Hendricks Wallace, but Hendricks and Wallace very close. So I'm totally cool with the meaning cool. So you can you can disregard the numbers now. We're just gonna go one, two A, yep, two B. And then we we zoom in a little bit, Nick. Yep. So I don't have to like <laughs> on the stream. <laughs> can you see Adam okay? Yes. One hundred percent. 
So I would put lively okay, that at number, that number four. right next to Adam two eight six. Is that the uh, suspension number for Jaw? <laughs> oh my gosh! Jeez. <laughs> well done. Uh, I think I'm okay with Lively at four, Buffkin at five, two. Leonard at six. Um, yeah. Is it crazy that we have Grady Dick all the way down at seven? I was just thinking that. Ugh. Tell me. Where should he be? Twelve. I, wow. I kind of like him. At you same, want, you want him at 12, Justin? Really is that what you're saying? That's what I was saying, yes. Twelve. My same argument um, with Jordan Hawkins, I think, applies to Grady Dick. Like if he doesn't shoot but it, he's six seven. He's that, not... That's that's the difference. Is Grady Dick Same is point. he's he's got the height that if Jordan Sneaky. Hawkins was six yeah, seven six eight, Jordan Hawkins is going like top ten. I right. I agree with that. Also, Grady has sneaky athleticism. Like he has a little. All right, bit, stop. Not, does he? He's got some good bounce. <laughs> stop with like, the stereotypical white stuff. Terrible. <laughs> Listen, if being six seven made you worthy of a roster spot, I'd be on a roster. Yeah, that's right. Him. Justin would be. Let, I wish that for let, you, Justin. Don't don't let the six seven height. Now, to be you. fair, Grady Dick plays guard. Wing don't be deceived, Justin. I'm gonna buy you an OKC blue jersey, and one like day during a blue game, I just want you to like walk out on the court in the warmups and see how long you can stay out there before oh somebody gosh. recognizes. Once we just that actually jumper so realistic. We joked about, like, oh yeah, new guy. We cool. we joked about in Vegas for summer league. Me throwing on a. a Why did we not uh, make this a bet? A thunder sweatsuit and walking we around. We should have made this a preseason bet. Thinks I'm a player. <laughs> hey, it's not too late for next season, Taylor. There we go. Um, okay, so I'm I'm cool with moving uh, Grady Dick above Leonard Miller. If you all are, you want to switch those two? Not really. Not really. Agreed. Okay. Leave it. You guys are cool yeah. with Buffkin at five? You like Buffkin over Miller and Dick? I think I'm so. not as high on Buffkin as the I'm other not two, but I'll get overruled, and that's fine. <laughs> I mean, you could flip I, five and I six. Them in, like the same tier. Th- those three are like almost interchangeable to me. Yeah. Okay, like so we, we could mix them up in whatever order we that's, wanted. That's kind of how I feel for different reasons. Agreed. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. So Clowny B eight. Ugh, no, I went Clowny. I'm curious. I'd probably I'd probably put the next two above Clowny. The just the injury stuff with Whitehead scares me. Okay. So you want to move Clowny down low and you want to move these two. You want to move these three or these two? I'd move the three up. Me too. I also would put Hawkins above of. Um you guys like Hawkins over? Sen- I like Clowney? Hawkins over Sensabaugh. Me okay. too. What about over Clowney? Sensabaugh like or Clowney? Or Clowney. I think Gosh, that's good. There's... Drop drop Bryce down one. And that's then kind of what I'm Clowney. thinking too. I know there's a lot of people that are still high on Sensabaugh and would put him above even some of the guys we have up here, but I'm I'm t- I agree completely. Keontae is such an inch. Oh, so is Jet. I so think this is the right order. Taylor They're loves everyone. Is what I'm no, I, I don't love them. That's my <laughs> issue. It's like I, I think this I don't is know the where right to place them. I, I worry a lot about this. Jet. Nick, do you want to for the listeners at home? Do you want to read off our our board now? Yep. So our final board after the game and some tweaks. We now have Anthony Black number one, Taylor Hendricks two. Kaysen Wallace, Derek Lively, Kobe Bufkin, Leonard Miller, Grady Dick, 
Derek Whitehead, Nick Smith Jr., Bilal Koulibaly, Jordan Hawkins, Noah Clowney, Bryce Sinsabach, Yante George, Jet Howard, Ryan Repair. But Taylor Hendricks and Kaysen Wallace are a 2A, 2B, so the same tier there. And then Kobe Bufkin, Leonard Miller, and Grady Dick are all on that fourth tier below Lively. I like Interesting. It. I do like I, I like it too. So Nick, you just facilitated and you didn't like actively take part in this. Um where would you change stuff if if we gave you the final input? Um I would have Buffkin in the Derek Whitehead Nick Smith Jr. tier and have Leonard Miller Grady Dick in their own tier. Do you, agree, I, do you agree with our top up there? I'm a Taylor Hendricks guy. I probably would have him one, but I, I couldn't argue with Anthony Black. Like, I think Anthony Black gets drafted before Taylor, and I think Anthony Black has the tools to be better than Taylor. I just, like, when you're 6'10 and you can guard centers, weak side shot blocker, lateral quickness to guard on the wing, you shoot 40% from three, like, I, well, where do you want next to Chet? That's, that's my opinion. Um, from there, yeah, probably I I probably have Jet above Bryce. I probably have Keontae above Clowney. For the most part, you guys directionally where I would be, you guys are are very very similar. Where are you at with Koulibaly right now? With and I know we're going a little long in the podcast tonight, but um, just with all the Koulibaly hype, Nick, on a scale of thoughts? Andre Robertson to Russell Westbrook. <laughs> How do you feel about Koulibaly? You know, when you put it that way, Justin, okay, maybe those weren't the best comps, but he's like a solid Eric Maynard for me. I, I like him as a prospect in the right situation. Like Oklahoma city, I would trust he turns into a good player, but I think the role he's playing with Mets 92, where he's, he's like a productive sneaky, like secondary playmaker score guy is probably his ceiling. Like, I don't see him ever being a number one guy. And, and at 12, you can't really expect to draft the number one guy. But uh, I think as long as you tamper your expectations, thinking that Koulibaly is going to be a like a Cam Johnson role. He's not a Cam Johnson shooter, but that kind of role on a contender. Like, as long as that's your expectation, and you don't expect him to be the superstar, then... Yeah, I think he's fine at 12. But there's other teams that if they drafted him, I'd be like, yeah, his career may not go very well. I did like Justin's point um, about, yes, cool ball. Like, it makes sense that Thunder would draft him. But, and, and Justin, you might have been talking about a different player, but there's just already so many mouths to feed. Like, can cool ball? It's a great developmental situation, OKC. But is he really able to flourish and reach his full potential? compared to like maybe a blow it all up Toronto team who's going to put the ball in his hands a little more earlier on. Um, not just like a, there's been talks of Utah taking him at nine. Utah. That's another good example. If they are, uh, if they're cool with Be my guest that slides yeah. somebody else down to 12. Yep. Agreed. Not that it matters. The Thunder picking at five and taking Jairus Walker anyway. So honestly, I, I'm with you, Jacob. I would love that. If they end up with Walker, I really would. I think I need to move him a little higher on my my personal big board. Can you get higher than one? <laughs> <laughs> also, since Nick has the Puku draft night pick up, 
I'm here to defend my honor. <laughs> I got called a gaslighter in the comments. <laughs> a man backed me up and said, I think Justin won that bet. I pulled up the doc. I won that bet. Oh, so Silva has to do this. Silva, Silva okay, has to recreate go. the Poku draft night pick. Thank you very much. We were uh, dragging Justin's name through the mud. This was the one. It was hotly debated about Poku will lead the team in total blocks. If you'll That's remember. right. Yeah, I remember not. that. Okay, very good. So take that, Silva, wherever you are. <laughs> With your well, margaritas. <laughs> Nick, we got to hand it to you. That's this is twice. This is the sample size is growing, <laughs> but the percentage stays the same. I also I'm, like we might I'm, take you in the lotto now. We had PowerPoint the first time, Excel this hey. time. I look what do we get your, next? Your Microsoft Word adventure next time, maybe Outlook. I'm playing in the French it. league, so it's hard to evaluate me, but try your best. <laughs> I need you to put together a Power BI app with them. I can do that. So I actually can, can do that. Live updates I don't know what that means. throughout the draft. I can do that. <laughs> Great stuff. I think this was a really good exercise to build out the young contestants big board. I think we should definitely tweet this out uh, so the internet can absolutely crap on us, uh, which would 100% happen. Um, now, we need the full context. You know it wasn't like we were making a big board of every <laughs> player here. We need yeah. the groups. We are, uh, we're here for a good time. So, Not a long time. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably also true. <laughs> we were going to hit around the association, but we've already podcasted for an hour and 10 minutes. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That was uh, oh, an open-ended. Do you guys want to go around these? Oh, so Nuggets are going to win the finals. I don't. Chris Paul's old. Nobody wants him on his team. I don't know what is happening in Phoenix, but it's chaos. I think that about sums it up. Hey, Kyrie Irving, uh, Stein saying maybe the Rockets yeah. are interested. I pray to the sure. man upstairs that that happens. Um, I, I granted, if that that was only if it doesn't work out with the Mavericks, there were some disclaimers there. Um, I don't want disclaimers there. <laughs> um, Chaos. Yeah, I I've been really torn on these finals. Curious what you guys think. Like rooting for it, I did not want Lakers, Celtics, big market at all. And but I also think I'm just kind of to the point of the season where like, and it's me just being a Thunder fan. Neither of these teams winning affect me all that much. I haven't really paid a ton of attention to it. And I've been like looking a lot into the draft and, and how it impacts the Thunder, potential offseason moves, and find myself falling into the trap of the uh, stereotypical NBA fan online who's just in it for the trades and big fireworks. Uh, the drama. And less so, like the whole reason we do all these trades, or 
teams do all these trades and free agency moves, et cetera, is to win a championship like the Denver Nuggets. And so I'm trying to kind of, I don't know, uh, have a little internal conflict going within me right now. I think Denver, Denver was going to uh, do some nasty business to anybody they faced for the most part. They've, they've looked real good. And I it's just, I don't know if ironic is the right word that they're so good, but people just don't get enthused about them. Like they're just, they're not a team that elicits like strong reactions from anybody, but they're really good team. And I think like, as a thunder fan to your point taylor it's like that's what you strive for like they made the finals like they're they're getting that dream moment right now that thunder fans hope for it's awesome i and i love jimmy like i love i love jimmy butler um i i think that that's been a fun story i hate the heat but i love jimmy butler yep um and that's been a fun storyline like the eight seed to make the playoff or to make the finals but i agree like it it doesn't have the uh the pizzazz that a, uh, you know, the LeBron versus Steph and all that. But I feel like it's, it's more due to the surrounding buzz around it is just not as hyped. And I don't know if that's fair or not, but like if the thunder won a title and it got the lowest rated NBA finals ever, who cares? Yeah. We wouldn't care. That's like <laughs> Nobody a great cares. Point. Great point. Yeah. Run it back. And, and maybe be a little you, more you bring sexy. up the point of like LeBron Steph. And those are like, these two stars, like these huge stars that everything yeah. else revolves around. It's narrative. It's unfair that Nikola Jokic doesn't get that treatment. Yeah. Cause I think Nikola Jokic is the best basketball player on the face of planet. Earth exactly. Right Agreed. Even now, compared to Wemby, like Giannis, who's not Chet like might have something to say about that, but <laughs> Jokic. And like, we were talking about the Denver trade earlier. Six years is a long time. They can guys can get traded. Yeah. But Jokic isn't deteriorating. I mean, injuries could happen. That man can't jump over a damn piece of paper. Doesn't have to. And that ain't he's, changing. <laughs> he's dropping what 34, 10, and 10 yeah. averages in the NBA finals on like 60% true shooting or just 60% field goal percentage. The dude is insane. He he deserves so much more love than he gets. And I think part of it is like LeBron and and Steph and Jimmy and MJ like yeah. lived and breathed basketball. Yeah. And Jokic is like, no, they're just numbers, dude. Okay. I just want to go like drink a beer and like yes. see my horses. So Katie tweeted this the out best. and then deleted it. And I saw somebody uh, get a screenshot of it. I just saw it for the first time here a couple days ago. But Katie tweeted out, uh, I don't think Jokic wants or cares to be a star. He just wants to go to work, go home, FaceTime his horses and hop in the pool. Big mood. <laughs> That it, it, I mean, he's insane. He is so, so good. So, so good. It, yeah, it's interesting. Somebody else tweeted, you know, the, the meme going around of like, this is the funniest season of all time. Someone tweeted the video that I had forgotten about that nobody picked Jokic in the live draft. Oh, yeah. He had to pick himself. (laughs) And like, fast forward from that moment to today, MVP and soon to be NBA champion. And it finals MVP. Yeah, right. Remember the, the the whole like basketball versus Hooper debate? Yes. Nikola Jokic is 100% a basketball player. Yep. <laughs> like there's not that's a it. bag. He's got the Sombor shuffle. Like that's it. But he is just the most like intelligent. He's in conversation for best top three passer in NBA history. 
not center passer, just passer in general. Yep. In yeah. NBA history, like is it like Nash, CP, and Jokic? And um, that's an Stockton. Stockton. Okay, top five. I, I, for personal reasons, I moved Stockton down, <laughs> but. <laughs> There's a lot of shots Stockton wouldn't take. <laughs> huh. Unbelievable. Huh. Jason Kidd probably goes on the list. He's Jokic's top five passer to ever play the game. Yeah. I, I'm planting my flag there. Magic Johnson was doing Zion things before Zion. <laughs> it's time to end the pod. It is. I think so as well. <laughs> We've lost the plot. Yeah. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Uncontested Podcast. If this was your first time joining us, thank you so much. You should consider uh, subscribing wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, sub to the YouTube channel. Join us live so you can see Nick's incredible Excel sheets. Uh, just, it's you didn't know you needed it until <laughs> it popped up on the screen. You were like, "This is, this is what I needed this weekend." Sounds like Zion, so, also. <laughs> We'll be back Wednesday night. I think should the finals end on Monday, I think Wednesday night is going to be the faucet episode where we turn on the faucet and just let the slop <laughs> drip out. I'm very excited for it. Uh, next Sunday will be more draft talk before next Wednesday, the 21st, will be our official draft predictions podcast. It's going to be a blast. And then again, we'll be live during the NBA draft. So make sure to come join us, hang out. It's so much fun. It's maybe my favorite thing we do all year. Um, I don't know if I can say that because going out to Summer League is probably my favorite thing all year. But the draft live stream is definitely top two. So make plans. Sub uh, wherever you get your, your podcast at. Sub to the YouTube. Follow us on all social medias. Enjoy the beginning of your week. Enjoy the NBA Finals. We will be back in three days, Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central Time. We will see you guys then. Until then, as always, thunder up. <laughs>